Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbaji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. That's why we have to have the desire to pray for this land. And not only this land, this, this community, and not just this community, the whole of this, this nation. Isn't it heartbreaking to hear that a, a, a woman, eight months old pregnant woman was stabbed to death and the baby couldn't make it? It's sad. What is the world going up to? We cannot look at things like that and keep quiet. God is calling us to intercede on, the, on behalf of the land. There is something seriously wrong with the land. And let me say this, the solution is not stop and search. The solution to knife crime is not stop and search. Stop and search is like trying to plaster a crack in a wall. Thank you for what you are about to do in our midst. Open the eyes of our understanding that we may behold wondrous things in the world. We give you praise. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Let your power fill this place. We have come not to gather unto man. We have not come to gather in the name of a church. We have come together in the name of Jesus. Therefore, Jesus, visit us. Do that which only you can do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Give each and every one of us a testimony of once I was blind, but now I see. May everyone have a personal encounter with you. May we have an intimate encounter with you. Touch us where no man can touch us. Speak to the very depths of our need. Give us testimonies today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Oh, I said give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Let's please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Is the third day of, is the fourth day of our prayer and fasting. And uh, we thank God for what he's doing.
to him alone be all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. How many of you are getting blessed? Uh, what an awesome time we had on Sunday. Uh, the power of God was so strong. The presence of God was so strong. I don't know about you, but that time of praise was just, was just so awesome. And to God alone be all the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, um, let's get ready. Covenant is drawing closer and closer. Uh, I know without any shadow of doubt that your life will never be the same. I want you to prepare your heart. Uh, one of the key things God does is in the Old Testament, uh, he will tell Moses, tell the people to meet me at the tent of meeting. And the purpose of that meeting is for him to have an encounter with them. Covenant is not a conference. Covenant is a prophetic platform ordained by God. So when we come to covenant, we are coming to meet with God. Amen. So I want you to prepare your heart and I want you to start praying into it. And uh, we thank God that uh, the expectation cards for covenant is in. And this time we want to give it to everyone ahead of time. Amen. Amen. So that you can list your 12 things before covenant. And I can guarantee you, some of you, before you come to covenant next month, all the 12 will be fulfilled. Say a good amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. So before I go into the word, I think they're at the back there. Can I have someone help me? Uh, we have the prayer, prayer points also are in. So if we can quickly distribute them. But before then, please bring them forward. Let's pray over them in the name of Jesus. Stretch forth your hands towards this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we touch and agree on the basis of your word. That whatsoever we touch and agree on, it shall come to pass. Thank you that this expectation cards everything we list on them, it shall become a reality in the mighty name of Jesus. We release our faith for big things and as we enlist these expectations, you will bring them to pass in Jesus name. Amen and amen. If we can uh, distribute it, the expectation card one each, and then the prayer points, one each, so that even though we are putting it on the church website, we want you to have a personal copy that you can put in your Bible, and you can have it with you wherever you go, uh, in Jesus' name. If I can have one of the expectation cards as well, please, and if we can just distribute this quickly, um, before we go into the word, amen. The reason why I want us to distribute it because we're going to pray uh, today a bit into uh, after the service, amen. So one each, if you have the prayer points, one each, but the expectation cards, you can take as much as you want. Praise God. If you have a big faith like me, 
you take like 20. Because I have to enlist. Can I have one, please? Just This is the first time I'm seeing it also. Wow, it's nice. So it's the expectation card says covenant expectation card. Proverbs 23 verse 18. It says surely the Lord, surely there is a future and a reward and your hope and your expectation will not be cut off. And then we've put there God is too big to fail you. He is a covenant keeping God. And there's a date and then the 12 things you can enlist. And then after you've listed your expectations, we want you to now put your faith to work to see the full manifestations of your expectation. For James chapter 2 verse 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Amen. So that means we must have a corresponding action to our faith. Amen. If you don't have a job and you are believing God for a job, you don't sit in your house and pray and expect the manager to come and knock on your door. Amen. Hallelujah. You write a CV and you step out. Now, if you are single and you want to marry, you have to dress nice. Amen. amen. <laughs> Say amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, so just make sure you put your faith to work in Jesus' name. And I know without any shadow of doubt that before you come to covenant, the things you've enlisted here, minimum, minimum, two will come to pass. Minimum. This year, I declare that God will quadruple people's salary. How many of you remember that? This was somewhere in March. No, February. Yeah, end of February into March. I said, you see, <laughs> the same word is being, is being given to all of us. Let's all take the word and let it work. Amen. The testimony we heard that our sister's salary has been increased is a sign that the word is working. Amen. But there's more coming. There's more coming. But I like what she said. She's a faithful tither. Amen. How can God bless you with 20 pounds when he gives you 10 pounds and you don't tithe on 10 pounds? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Are you following what I'm saying? So be faithful with the little and God will give you more in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, are you ready for the word? Today we are going to pray, uh, so let's, let's see how far uh, we can go and then we'll pray in Jesus' name. All right, turn with me please in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 14 verse 26. The book of John, for your information, is in the New Testament. John chapter 14 verse 26 and I'll be reading from the Amplified 
version. Are you there? I read. It says, but this is Jesus speaking. It said, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and in my place to represent me and to act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Tonight I'm teaching on the message I have titled, The Holy Spirit, Our Intercessor. The Holy Spirit, Our Intercessor. So far we have looked at the Holy Spirit, Our Helper. We've looked at the Holy Spirit, Our Comforter. Last week we looked at the Holy Spirit, Our Advocate. And today we are looking at the Holy Spirit, Our Intercessor. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 2, verse 26, it says, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That means as a believer, being a Christian without the Holy Spirit simply means you are a dead man walking. Are you following what I'm saying? Because what really makes us Christians or for us to have a personal relationship with God is the Holy Spirit in us. That's why the Bible says that for us, the body without the spirit is dead. So that means what gives life to the body is the spirit. Did you get that? It is the spirit that gives life to the body. You say how? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. The Bible says, And God created man out of the dust of the ground, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, at what point did man become a living soul? After God breathed into the nostrils of man. What did God breathe into the nostrils of man? His ruach, his spirit, his very nature, his his very life. It's called the zoe life of God. God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living being. So up until when the spirit of God or when God breathed into the nostrils of man, man was not a living being. It was just a body created but without life. Did you get that? That's why I always say that you can have a brand new car. A brand new car without fuel is going nowhere. It will just sit on your garage. The fuel, the Holy Spirit is the fuel that moves the car from one place to the other. Now, the clothes you are wearing 
by itself has no life. The shirt I'm wearing has no life. It is me who has put life into the shirt. So when I move my hand, the shirt also moves its, 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 its hand. Let's put it that way. Why? Because I have put life into the shirt. You have put life into what you're wearing. The same applies to us as Christians. Until the Holy Spirit comes into you, you are just a, a man walking. Are you following what I'm saying? You are alive, but you are not a living being. You don't have the life of the Spirit of God in you. That's why before Jesus left, the same principle, the Bible says that, and Jesus breathed upon the disciples. The same thing God did in Genesis chapter 12 verse 7. Jesus did the same thing before he left the disciples because he knew that there was no way we can survive without the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, it is to our advantage that he goes. Why? So that the helper, the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit will come in his place. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. God from time immemorial has been looking for intercessors since the fall of man. That's why Isaiah chapter 59 Verse 16, the Bible says that he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness and it sustained him. So God is looking for intercessors. God is looking for intercessors. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. It says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. So God is looking for you and I. He's looking for somebody to send. He's looking for somebody to be an intercessor. Because listen, it's not just enough the Holy Spirit being an intercessor for us. You'll get, you'll get this very soon where we are going because this will really bless you. This will really bless you. One of the, one of the dangers of the modern day church is we've lost our passion for intercession. We've lost the desire for intercession. The modern day church has become a church of me, myself, and I. It's a church of I. I generation church. I phone. I part. I, 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 I church. The Holy Spirit is no longer in. That's why in most places, in most churches, the Holy Spirit is not there. And we have to be careful to bring the balance because the scriptures are clear that a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. 
So yes, we cannot just be a word-based church without engaging the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Did you get that? So the, the word by itself is not enough. The Bible says that the letter killeth. It is the spirit that gives life. That's why Jesus said it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I, Jesus, I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So we must have the balance of the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. If we go an extreme into the word, we'll go into error. If we go extreme into the spirit, we'll go into error. There must be a balance of the word and the spirit. Balance. Very important balance. Balance. That's why this ministry is a ministry that teaches the totality of the well-being of the, of the human being. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Balance life. We don't want you to be in church 24-7 and neglect your family. It's not balanced. The Bible actually puts it this way. It says, people who take care of the house of God more than their own family, they are worse than an infidel. An infidel means an unbeliever. So there must be the balance. Amen? Amen. We must have the balance. If you're a husband or a wife, when it's time to relax, you relax. Balance. You don't say every time, I'm in the spirit. <laughs> Come down from the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Your, 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 your wife touches you and says, Shadaboom, I'm in the spirit today. <laughs> calm down, calm down. Calm down from the spirit. Amen. It's not a time for Shadaboom. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and then, if your husband peradventure doesn't come to church, your husband will be thinking, you see, this is what they are teaching my wife in that church. When it's time for me to touch her, she's saying, Shalabom. <laughs> Shalabom. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm teaching you. Don't use Shalabom as an excuse to cover up. If you're tired, just tell your hubby, baby, today, in a good night tonight. Tonight, I'm tired, baby. <laughs> and we can understand because you're not a machine. Even machines get tired, don't they? Sometimes, don't you see our machines playing up? They are tired. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, we have to be balanced. That's why we don't have church every day. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah, balance. 
Balance. Balance. Hallelujah. So, who is an intercessor? Quick question we want to ask. Who is an intercessor? Number one, two definitions I'll give you. Number one, an intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. An intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. Number two, no, let me give you a scripture basis for that. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. An intercessor is one who stands in the gap. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. It says, so I sought for a man among them who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So an intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. The word intercessor actually also means intersection. It's like a bridge that, inter, that is between a gap. That bridges the gap from this side to the other side. Are you following what I'm saying? So an intercessor is someone who bridges the gap. An intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. And, and, and an intercessor doesn't seek to be known. They are behind the scene. As a matter of fact, there are more workers in this church. Now, but there's only one person you are seeing now, but there are more people behind the scene who are doing more work than what I'm doing. Are you following what I'm saying? They are standing in the gap. So an intercessor is one that stands behind, that stands in the gap. God said, I was looking for a man among them who will make a war and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. On behalf of the land. If you read the full context of this background, of this scripture, we don't have the time, but the land was in sin. There were all kinds of sins going on. And God was just looking for a man to stand on behalf of the land. To stand in the gap. To pray for the land. That's why we have to have the desire to pray for this land. And not only this land, this, this community. And not just this community, the whole of this, this nation. Isn't it heartbreaking to hear that a, a, a woman, eight months old pregnant woman was stabbed to death and the baby couldn't make it. It's sad. What is the world going up to? We cannot look at things like that and keep quiet. God is calling us to intercede on, the, on behalf of the land. There is something seriously wrong with the land. And let me say this, the solution is not stop and search. The solution to knife crime is not stop and search. Stop and search is like trying to plaster a crack in a wall. If you have a wall and you continue to see cracks and all you do is plaster the, the, the cracks, the cracks will show up again. The problem is not the crack. There is a root. The problem is with the root. The problem is with the foundation. There is a problem 
and that has to be dealt with and this nation needs to go back to the family system so that family values are in place and when we put these family values in place, knife crime will stop. Check the statistics of the knife crime. All these young boys who are going about carrying knife, there is no father figure in their home. It's single parents. It was heartbreaking to hear that one mother lost three of his sons to knife crime. One mother. So the solution is not stop and search. The solution is not putting more policemen on the road. And let me say this. Any society that is policed is a child. If you are policed, it means you haven't grown up. I've had people who have come from uh, places like Dubai and they'll tell you somebody can leave their door open. No thief can go in there. (laughs) You know before you go in there and steal somebody's business, you will be in big trouble. Are you following what I'm saying? So we have to understand this, but God is calling us to stand in the gap. God is calling you and I to stand in the gap on behalf of the land. The land is bleeding. The land is crying. The land is deteriorating. And we cannot just look at it and, and do nothing about it. We have to pray about it. A few weeks ago, we were after service on a Thursday. I just felt led that we pray for this area. We prayed fervently. The next day, I saw a helicopter circling. And then later on, I saw in the newspapers that there was a a big fight in Broadfield. But thank God, no one was hurt. A large fight broke out and that night we were actually praying that the blood of Jesus will cover the whole of Crowley. The youth will be exempted from danger and knife crime. The following day, Thursday evening, Friday afternoon, this happened. We have to stand in the gap. The land is crying out. The land is crying out. And for us to solve this problem, we need to go back and look at where the first knife crime was committed. (laughs) That's when it started. So we need to go back that many years and correct the values that we broke down. The family walls, the family values that were broken down. We need to go back and rebuild those walls. How I wish someone is listening to what I'm saying by the spirit of God. The solution is not adding 20,000 more police. Praise God, that's good. I live in a part of this area that you hardly hear a police siren. But there is also, I have lived in certain part of this area that I parked my car and the next thing somebody broke into my car. Are you following what I'm saying? What's the difference between where I live now and where I used to live? Where there was crime and where I live now, there is no crime. It's not an issue of police. It's a mindset. 
It's a cultural belief. It's a system that needs to be eradicated and changed so that we can come back to the point where we can leave our doors open and we know that no one will steal our stuff. So God said, I was looking for a man to stand in the gap on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. I pray that when God comes looking for intercessors in this church, you'll be one of them. Say a good amen. Amen. (laughs) Reason why some of us don't want to be intercessors, we'll see shortly, is we love our sleep. Because as an intercessor, you're a watchman. You're a watchman. Watchmen stay watching. They don't sleep. Sometimes I go to bed 1 a.m., 3 a.m., the Holy Spirit wakes me up. (laughs) As an intercessor, you have to be up. Your boss is calling. I work for him. He says, wake up, I have to wake up. A few weeks ago, I was sleeping. I went to bed about 1 or 2 a.m. By 3, half 3, he woke me up. He started teaching me on the precious blood of Jesus. We have to understand, these things are for our advantage in Jesus' name. Number two, who is an intercessor? Number two, someone who prays for the well-being of others. An intercessor, number two, is someone who prays for the well-being of others. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Jesus said, the Bible said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. <laughs> He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Can I tell you what the devil is saying every day? It's in Luke chapter 22 verse 31. The devil's number one prayer request is he's been asking for you. He's asking for your family. He's asking for your life. He's asking and all he's asking is that he may sift you as a wheat. Women here will understand this better. You know what it means to sift a wheat? To sift means to remove the rough from the smooth. And you know when you are sifting that wheat, you are throwing it. That's what the devil wants to do with you. He wants to sift you. He puts you on his net and he's sifting you. You are, you are going, you're going haywire. Today your family is there. Tomorrow your children are there. Your marriage is there. You are sick. You are, he's sifting you like a wheat. That's the devil's desire. But thank God for an intercessor. Amen. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you 
But not only that, the purpose of him praying for you and I, he said that, that your faith should not fail. Your faith should not fail. And when you return, that you may strengthen your brethren. In other words, when somebody intercedes for you, you also intercede for others. How many of you will pray for your enemies here? <laughs> Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you. I have to be honest, sometimes it's difficult. But until you pray for them, <laughs> Jesus is not coming through for you. One of the key things I have to guard as a pastor is my heart. To make sure that no bitterness enters my heart. There are church members that I have helped. Sometimes they walk about and look at me here. They are walking here and checking. Ah, you're still there. Not long ago, three of them just walked here and they were peeping and looking. Just now, not long. And when such people that you have helped are now castigating you, what do you do? You pray for them. You put a smile on your face. You love them like Jesus commanded us to love. So the Holy Spirit is not just our intercessor. He has also called us to be intercessors. So quickly, let's look at four character every intercessor must develop. How many of you want to be intercessors here? You want to stand in the gap. You want to be intercessors. Good. So these are four characters of, that you have to develop as an intercessor. Number one, you must learn to be kind. You must learn to be kind. K-I-N-D. Kind. Number two, you must learn to be loving. 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 And please remember, your faith will not work without love. <laughs> if you say you have faith and there's no love, that faith will not work. It's fake faith. Amen? You say, where is it, pastor, in the Bible? Show me Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 6. Your faith will not work without love. That's why the Bible says, by faith working through love. For Christ Jesus, for in Christ Jesus, there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. These are people who follow the law. As for me, I will wash my hands before I eat. Uh, I don't go out on this day. I don't go to church. I only go to church on Saturday. 
Saturday is the only day of church. It avails nothing. But faith working through what? Through love. Show me your faith by your love. How many of you remember the story of the the good Samaritan? A stranger was beaten and the high priest, the pastor, saw the man that was beaten, a soul, and walked past him and said, I'm late for church. <laughs> That's what we do. We live in communities and don't pray for the communities. The community is bleeding. We don't care. We say, oh, ah, it's them. No, it's us. If you, if you have a glass house, make sure you build one for your neighbors. Other than that, they'll use their stone to break your glass house. <laughs> Number three, to be an intercessor, you have to develop you must learn to be restless until an answer comes for the people you are praying for. Restless. You don't give up until you see an answer. We are living in a microwave generation. Many people want it now. If they don't see it one day, they quit. There was a lady that used to come to this church and one day she got upset somebody did something and she got upset that, that week she left the church and we've been believing with her for a husband the very week she left the church the following week the man came <laughs> The very week she left last week, next week Sunday, the man came. Anger made her lost her husband. Up to date, she's still single. I'm talking maybe eight years ago now. Or eight years, seven years. She's still single. Because of a little thing, anger. She didn't have patience. The Bible said, let patience have its complete work in you. Many of us are not patient. We want it now. We are no longer, there's no place for long suffering no more in the church. How many of you know that? We don't believe in long suffering. But long suffering is one of the virtues we have to develop. It's one of the fruit of the spirit. Long suffering. Long suffering. Long suffering. Long suffering. Yes, you haven't got it yet, but wait for it. You are believing God for something. It has not come yet. Wait for it. There's an interesting story about the bamboo tree. The bamboo tree, when you plant it, 
for the first five years, you, it shows nothing. All you do is keep watering. The Chinese bamboo tree, you keep watering. And when somebody comes, they say, ah, he's just watering an empty field. But they don't know you've put a seed on the ground. Watering it for five years, nothing. For five years, nothing. But the fifth year, after the fifth year, it shoots up. And when it shoots up, guess how tall it grows? 91 feet. And for your information, in most places in Africa, they don't have scaffolding. How many of you know what a scaffolding is? Guess the only trees that are used for scaffolding, they are bamboo trees. They are able to hold strong things because it's taken years for it to come up. Long suffering. Long suffering. Long suffering is good for you. This is not what I plan to teach now. The Holy Spirit is helping someone. Someone is probably at the verge of quitting, but the Holy Spirit is saying, long suffering. <laughs> Number four. Number four character we have to develop as intercessors is you have to learn to be compassionate. Check the ministry of Jesus. He had compassion on the sheep. You see, you can't pastor a church without compassion. You can't pray for church people without compassion. The only thing that will wake a genuine man of God up at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m., at 4 a.m. to pray for his members is compassion. And, and, and I have to be honest with you. Sometimes... You know, what I'm praying for you, I also need the same thing. But when I pray for myself, it's not happening. But the moment I pray for you, it happens. <laughs> Paul said, Paul, this is how Paul puts it. He said, there was a thorn in my flesh. I prayed three times and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. Compassion. The church must come to a place of compassion. When we started the church, we used to have something we call Compassionate Night every year, somewhere in December, where we raise funds to support children with HIV in South Africa whose parents had died and gone. Did we do it here? Yeah, we used to do something we call Compassionate Night. And every funds we raise, we send it to South Africa. There's this charity where there were about 100 children there that we were supporting. Compassion. Compassion is what made us as a church sow money into India to plant 10 churches. I don't know those pastors. I don't know the churches. I don't have to know them. That's compassion. 
because I want the gospel to reach everyone. There are some places I cannot go. Are you following what I'm saying? The, the honest truth is yes, my desire is to reach the whole world. But there are some places I, I will never be able to go in my entire life. But with compassion, we'll be able to reach those people there. Compassion. The church must come to a, a place of compassion. I remember when, when I gave my life to Christ many years ago, I went, to, I went to a meeting. It was a Thursday evening meeting. We used to have like a home sale called Covenant Family. And we were praying for our family members. And I had a strong passion, compassion for my dad. I knew my dad was going to go to hell. And the Holy Spirit laid a burden upon my and I started praying for my father. And I started crying uncontrollably. But before then, when I gave my life to Christ, my dad chased me out of the house. He kicked me out of the house. I was sleeping outside and mosquitoes were feasting on me. But you see, the spirit of compassion gripped me and I prayed for my dad uncontrolled. I was praying and crying for his soul. The Lord, don't send him to hell. Don't let him die without knowing you. And not long after, my father gave his life to Christ. My father caught the revelation of the blood of Jesus. He started teaching me on the blood of Jesus before he died. He my father prophesied over me that this church will be like the sun on the seashore before he died. Compassion. Some of us, our family members are not yet saved. God is just waiting for that compassion part of you to come alive and pray for them. Hallelujah. Are you getting something out of this? Tonight's service is very quiet and solemn, but I believe the Holy Spirit is, 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 is talking to us. The state of the modern day intercessors, we can find it in Isaiah chapter 56 verse 10 and 11. It says, his watchmen are blind. This is the state of the modern day watch intercessors. Remember, watchmen also means intercessors. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 10. It says, his watchmen are blind. How can a watchman be blind? You are a watchman. You are an intercessor. You have to keep watch. You can't be blind. The blindness here is not physical eye blindness. Spiritual blindness. People can pick things up in the realm of the spirit no more. Blind. Blind. It says they are all ignorant. How can the priest be ignorant? How can intercessor be? How can you pray without knowing God's mind on a particular issue? How can you pray effectively? 
He said, they are ignorant. They are all damn dogs. They cannot bark. They cannot bark. They are sleeping. Sleeping. When we were young, we used to go to school and we closed school. You know, my parents were extremely poor then. And, you know, sometimes you don't get money to go to school for food. So when you close, you have to go and steal mango in a, a rich man's house. <laughs> and then they, they, they all had watchmen. And the watchmen had this um, lazy chair. How many of you have seen a lazy chair? Where they sit in and then they put their leg up. And then the watchman is sleeping. We'll peep and peep. He's sleeping. Once he's sleeping, we go slowly and go and pluck the mango and go. He's a watchman. He's sleeping. Many are sleeping. Many of us can't even read the signs of the times. What's happening, the agendas that are being projected, we have no understanding. And so the watchmen are sleeping. They are lying down. They are loving to slumber. You can't be a watchman and love sleep. You are paid to keep awake. As an intercessor, we are called to be awake. You say, Pastor, how do I know what I'm praying for? You'll see shortly because as an intercessor, sometimes the Holy Spirit will wake you up at a very odd hour. You're going to work the, the next hour. But he wakes you up just to pray. Just to pray. You say, but I don't know what I'm praying about. Just obey and pray. The next minute you see that as you have prayed, you have actually saved yourself from accident or saved others from accident. This year, um, uh, it was before May, I think it was Easter. My wife booked a holiday. We were meant to go to, to Portugal. And, you know, I, was, I wanted to go, everything. And then one day I was sitting down in our, in our, in our living room we have this family picture. And then when I lifted up my eyes, I saw the picture and I started smiling, all of us in there. And then the devil said, this is the picture they are going to put in front of all the five of you, your coffin. <laughs> this was just before I was going to go to Nigeria. We had booked the holiday, everything paid for. I couldn't tell my wife because I know my wife loves holidays. I didn't know how to convey. I pray. I, every time I pray, I keep seeing that image of five coffins and the picture. I said, devil, you're a liar. So I said, you know what, baby? Don't worry about this holiday. We're going, we're going to Nigeria anyway. It's cancer. Say, oh, but we've paid. I said, baby, don't worry. Don't worry. And then later on, I explained to her, I saw all of us five. The devil said, this is your picture. They're going to put on your five coffins. Sometimes, 
the Lord will tell you just not to go. When I said, what is money? Life is better than money. Come, what is money? Let the, let the F -F airline also make a little money out of you. <laughs> I mean, just, just what, last week, last week, we were given a, 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 a surprise holiday treat and we went. I said, you see, baby, now, you see, that's why we didn't go, but look, look at where we are now. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He said, the watchmen, they are lying down to slumber. Verse 11, he said, yes, they are greedy dogs. Intercessors are not supposed to be greedy. Greedy dogs, which never have enough. You see, when as an intercessor, all you are thinking about yourself, you won't have time to pray for others. <laughs> it says, as greedy dogs, they never have enough. Never have enough. And they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his own gain. From his own territory. Is God opening your eyes to something? Yeah. After today, if you are not an intercessor, then you are a machine sitting in this church. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not speaking to robots tonight. So what are the responsibilities of intercessors? Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. It says, I have set watchmen. Remember, watchmen is what? Intercessors. I have set watchmen on your walls. So that's supposed to be the place of intercessors. On the walls. On the walls. A place where they can see. On the walls. Oh, Jerusalem, they shall never hold their peace day or night. That's the role of an intercessor. You don't hold your peace day night. All night. We pray always. Men ought to pray always. Men ought to pray without ceasing. We don't hold our peace day or night. It says you make mention of the Lord. Do not keep silent. Say amen. amen. Do not keep silent. As an intercessor you don't keep silent. You make mention of the Lord in your prayer on a daily basis, petitioning God for your brother and your sister. Verse 7, and give him no rest till he establishes until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So as intercessors, we don't give God rest. You say, I prayed about this, nothing happened. We don't give God no rest. We'll keep praying until the answer comes. We'll keep calling on God until the answer comes. The 
That's why Romans chapter 8 verse 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. The word groanings there is very important. As an intercessor, you have to enter into that realm of groanings. Where your prayer doesn't have meaning or words. How many of you have seen someone groan before? Groaning is, is deep. It's deep. It's intense. Have you seen someone crying, groaning? You can't explain. You can't express it. You can't explain it. That's the point we have to come to as intercessors. Groanings. Groanings. Jesus showed us this in, in John chapter 11 verse 38. The Bible says that then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And you know who he's talking about? Lazarus. After that groaning, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And you know, Jesus wept because of that groaning. You see, when, when you, you cannot be an intercessor who does not love. You can only groan for people you love. If you love for people who have not given their lives to come to Christ, you'll be groaning for them. You will love them so much. When you see someone smoking, something will affect you. This is, we watch sin and nothing happens to us. The Bible says our conscience is seared. But you see, when you have compassion for the lost, when you see sin, you start praying and crying and weeping for them. That's why the, king, the queen said, I fear not the armies of Germany. I fear no other army put together but the prayer of John Knox. John Knox was a man who prayed with groanings. When he cries, heaven answers. That's my prayer for you. Acts chapter 7 verse 34, he said, I have seen I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt. I have heard their groaning. You know, groaning are not words. How can God hear it? Groaning, when you're groaning, you, you, you don't utter words. How, how is God able to hear their groanings? Because it's the deepest part of intercessory prayer. He said, I'm come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Hallelujah. God is calling us to a place of intercession. Somebody asked Billy Graham, what is the secret to your ministry? He said, I have no secret. He said, but what, what is it about you? You only preach John 3.16 and millions are coming to Christ. And so when I stand up there on a platform preaching, there are some people under, underneath there groaning, praying for the salvation of men. 
When's the last time you came to church and I'm preaching, you're groaning in your spirit and praying that that sister will have a miracle. That brother will have a breakthrough. But rather you're praying, say, Father, give me a word. <laughs> give me my prophetic word. I've come for my miracle today. No, take yourself out of the picture. Think about others. The gospel is about others. It's about others. I said it's about others. I said it's about others. We are not in ministry because of us. We are here because of others. Hallelujah. Jesus operated in the fivefold ministry whilst in the fivefold ministry office whilst he was here on earth. We're coming to the conclusion. Now let me just, just show you something very interesting about the Holy Spirit, our intercessor. So Jesus operated in all the fivefold ministry office whilst he was here on earth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 tells us that wherefore he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, that is, but he also that descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Verse 11 is key. The Bible says in verse 11, it says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus operated in all of this. A prophet, an apostle, evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, he operated in all the fivefold at the same time. Not at different times. He had all of them working in him at the same time. But guess what? At this present moment, Jesus is not operating in any of those. I see myself sometimes in operating in maybe one or two or three at different times or four. Sometimes as a pastor, sometimes as a teacher, sometimes as an evangelist, sometimes as a prophet, and then sometimes also as an apostle. Apostles break down, they break grounds, and by the grace of God, we have broken ground in many countries in regards to this ministry. So, to, to an extent, I'll see myself operated at certain points of my ministry life in all of this. In all of this. But, but, listen to this, this is very important. The highest office Jesus ever occupied was not as a pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, or an apostle, or even as a high priest. The highest office Jesus ever occupied and still occupying is the office of an intercessor. Is the office of an intercessor. You said, Pastor, how? Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. It says, who is he who condemns? 
it is Christ who died. And furthermore, it's also reason. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So currently, this is the ministry Jesus is operating in. And guess where he is? He is seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us, making intercession for us. Now, if pastoring was the highest office, when Jesus went up to heaven, he will be pastoring. If prophets, if, if the, the office of the prophet was the highest, that was what he will be doing. If an evangelist was the highest, that was what he will be doing. If, if an apostle is the highest, that's what he will be doing. But he's not doing any of those. What he's doing now is intercession. But guess what? Many Christians don't see intercessory as the most important department of ministry in the church. But look at what our master is doing. He is seated at the right hand side of God who also makes intercession for us. That's what we must follow after him. Are you getting something out of this? Finally, as we close, let me show you a case study. of how intercession works. How the ministry of an intercessor works. And let's see the benefits. Very critical and very important. Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8. Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8. Now a quick background to this is, you know, the children of Israel have just come out of Egypt They've come out of bondage. God has promised them that I'm taking you to the land flowing with milk and honey. And so when they come out, the first encounter they had was a fight. How many of you have God promised you something great? And then the first encounter you have after that promise is a battle. And sometimes many of us are running away but forgetting that within that battle lies your next level promotion. If David had fled from Goliath, he wouldn't have become the next king. So God had promised the children of Israel, I'm giving you peace, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And then when they come out, look at what happened. Exodus 17 from verse 8. The Bible says that now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Raphidim fought with them. And Moses said to Joshua, I want you to notice the characters here. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said unto him and fought with the Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Er went up to the top of the hill. I want you to picture what is happening here. There is a fight going on. There's a battle going on. Moses, who is the, uh, let's say, the leader of, of the children of Israel, who brought them out of captivity, 
is telling the next in command who is Joshua that this enemy has come against us. We are going to fight them but I am going to go on top of the hill. You are going to gather men and go and fight the enemy. Now I want you to look at it in this sense that Moses is at the point of dying. Joshua is the next generation. Yet Moses is risking the life of the next generation. Follow me carefully. This is important. This is important. Now Moses said, I am going to go on top of the mountain. And I'm going to go on top of the hill with Aaron and Aaron. Why? There's a battle. Why do you want to avoid the battle and go on top of the hill? That's not the strategy for winning war. That's not the strategy. When you put two and two together, it's the wrong strategy for winning war. But look at what happened very carefully in verse 11. The Bible says that, and so it was when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. The word prevailed there means Israel won. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now the hand of Moses there represents a place of intercessory. Every time Moses' hands are up, he's interceding for you, Joshua. You are down there, you are fighting the battle, Moses is up there. He's not helping you, but don't worry. He's also doing something different to help you win the battle down there. Are you following what I'm saying? He's fighting a spiritual warfare that you can't see physically. Listen, church. Before we win the physical battle, we have to first win the spiritual battle. That's why when Moses was weak spiritually, the enemy was winning. Every time you are weak prayerfully, the devil will be winning. Verse 12, the Bible says about Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under, his, under him. And he sat on it and Aaron and Hare supported his hands, one on one side the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Listen, this represents the church. Let's understand spiritual warfare. Let's win the battle first spiritually. Then we can enter into the physical battle. When Moses' hands were strong, Joshua was winning the fight. But when his hands were weak, Joshua was being defeated. And I love Moses' strategy. He went up with Aaron and Hair to help support his hands. That's why when you are in this church, learn to pray for me, pray for my wife, pray for the pastors. Yes, we know you have prayer needs, but don't pray for yourself. Do you know that when I wake up and I'm praying, I don't pray for myself? Oh God, give me food. Oh God, give me food. Oh God, give me food. No, I don't pray for myself. I've never prayed for myself. 
When I wake up, I pray for you. That's how it works. That's why sometimes you are somewhere you are weak and on all of a sudden, a supernatural strength comes upon you. And you wonder, how am I making it? Because someone somewhere is interceding on your behalf. There is a Moses who is on top of the hill who can see what you can't see. Who is waging victory on your behalf. It's called spiritual covering. That's why you don't take for granted the church of Jesus Christ. The church is not the building. The church is not the building. Let's understand this. Verse 13, the Bible says, So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book of record and account it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. This is how intercessory works. In intercessory ministry, you don't pray for yourself. Look for someone and pray for. Why don't you start it today? Look for somebody in the church. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is the need of that sister? What is the need of that brother? Holy Spirit, help me to pray for them. And when the Holy Spirit shows you their need, start praying for them. And wrestle with God until you see an answer in their life. Maybe it's somebody who comes to church all the time. Sad. You don't know why. Maybe they are running away from a, a, a house rent, a landlord, maybe something is chasing them. Or maybe they come to church very excited, but when they are going to go back home, they are sad. Because what is going to meet them at home is unpleasant. Why don't you put the Lord to the test and say, I will start praying for someone. Put their name. You might not even know their name, but you have their description this sister, this brother, put them on your fridge and start praying for them. That's why Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The Holy Spirit, our intercessor. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Let's rise up on our feet, please. Just for five minutes, shall we? Shall we call upon the name of the Lord? Just for five minutes and pray. <clears throat> and just intercede. On behalf of of this, this nation. I know I wanted us to pray tonight, but we didn't have, we don't have the time. So just for a minute, we can pray. 
One of the key things that have become rampant in our nation is knife crime. It's worrying. It's worrying. We want to pray for our youth. We want to pray for our children. We want to cover them with the blood of Jesus. We want to pray that prayer of groanings. The Lord cover our children with the blood of Jesus. Cover every child, every youth, every girl, every man, every woman, every husband, every member in this church. Let's open our mouth and begin to pray. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray that the Holy Spirit will cover them. Cover them, cover them in the name of Jesus. Let's apply the blood of Jesus of our youth over Crawley, over West Success. Yes, you have a need, but pray for, for God's people. Pray for the needs of others. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. We bring, we bring our youth before you. We bring the city of London before you. We bring West Success before you. We bring this nation before you. We ask that you cover this land with the blood of Jesus. Wash this land with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse this land with the blood of Jesus. The blood that speaks better things. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Cry out unto the Lord. He says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. Father, cover us with the blood. Cover this church with the blood of Jesus. No evil will come near this church. No evil will come near any of our members. In the name of Jesus, we stand in the gap. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap for this nation. For our children, for our great-grandchildren, for our children's children, for generations yet unborn, in the name of Jesus. Father, heal this land. Heal this land, O oh God. Your word says that if your people that are called by your name will humble themselves and seek your face and turn away from their wicked ways, you, O oh God, will come and heal the land. Heal this land. Heal this land. The solution is not in the politicians. The politicians don't know how. The prime ministers don't know how. The police don't know how. But Lord, you are the only one who knows how. Heal this nation. Heal this nation. Enough of the bloodshed. Enough of the bloodshed. Enough of the bloodshed. Enough, enough, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. We've had enough of tears. We've had enough of innocent children being put to jail. We have had enough of fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. Father, help us bring families together. In the name of Jesus, we pray for Crawley, O oh God, that salvation will come to this part of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray for for Sari, we pray for West Success, we pray oh God for Horsham, for Crawley for Red Hill, for Sari for, for Holly, for Horsham 
East Greenstead, West Greenstead, every part of God. Oh, yes, Lord. Broadfield, Maiden Bower, Northgate, Pound Hill, Tailgate, everywhere. Oh, we pray, oh God. We pray, oh God. Bill Bush, Bill Bush. Oh, Lord. Yes, yes, let's. I feel, I feel West Green in the name of Jesus. Colgate Hill. We pray for every community. Maiden Bower, West. Pound Hill, we pray, oh God, three bridges, heal this land, heal this land, heal this land, let's grow, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray like never before, God is doing a new thing, God is doing a new thing, he's raising up intercessors, he's raising up intercessors, he's raising up intercessors out of this house, Father, we thank you, we give you praise, for answers to our prayers. Oh, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. No more killings, no more killings, no more killings. Enough is enough, no more killings. No more killings, no more killings. The bloodshed is enough, no more. Satan, you have no place in this land. We have been called by God to be intercessors. We intercede on behalf of the land. We intercede on behalf of the land. We ask that the church will occupy its place. The church will occupy its place. The church will take its place of influence and intercede on behalf of the nation. Oh, yes, Lord. 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 The Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. With groanings, with groanings, with groanings, with groanings, with groanings. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Deliver our children from harm. Deliver them from the ways of harm. In the name of Jesus.
Yes, you are. Bow down and say you are God. up intercessors out of this church. Give us a passion to pray for this nation. To pray for souls. To stand in the gap. Open the eyes of our understanding. To see the challenges facing this nation. We give you praise. Anoint us with fresh oil. Breathe upon us afresh. Holy Spirit, breathe afresh upon us. Empower us. Give us the stamina to stand in the gap for this nation. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if we had the time, we could go on and on. I felt there was a strong, strong, strong desire to just keep going praying. If we had the time, we could go on and on. But I believe that tonight something has been birthing us. Do you know what happens to me every Friday? Every Friday, early in the morning, the Holy Spirit wakes me up. And after Thursday service, there's like a virtue that is drawn out of me. But every Friday, very early, three, 
I'm up. I have to be up. And I don't sleep early. The earliest possibly I sleep is maybe half two or four one. That's my daily time of sleeping. That's the earliest time I sleep. By three, I'm up praying. Something new is starting in this church. If all of us will start interceding on behalf of God for this area, for God to send souls to save our neighbors. Today I was walking around my area and I was praying that everyone living here will be saved. We have to come back to that point and pray for this nation in Jesus' name. Um, do you know that recently the crime rates came out for the various areas or the neighborhoods? They were mentioning the number of crimes. And do you know that Northgate was number one? The number of crime was less than all the other areas. I was not surprised. I said, Father, because you've put us in Northgate. We are interceding. But it's not enough. We want to push it to every part that there will be zero. We will not hear police sirens no longer in Crawley and West Success. We can do it as an intercessor in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbeji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go.